face, all in black, hands held out, palms back, face the night, face the change, everyone's left you, so change your name, but not me, not here, not now, got a plane to LA while they drove the Jaguar down, ended up in Hollywood town for a month or so, found my castle on sunset, walked forever down that line, slept in the viper room, slept in the pit, Woke up one morning and lost everything all over again To all the me that I've loved before To all the me I've loved before This is your time Redesign yourself Or fade through time What was once angelic is now tainted The anointing is gone Oh, make it stop! <laughs> Please make it stop! <laughs> oh, man. Wow, Ooh. there you go. I mean, that's the latest from Kevin Max. Yeah. Here you are on the Please Don't Fire Me podcast, and this is probably a fireable offense. Yeah, actually, we Making deserve to get fired to that, for that. Right? A whole minute of that. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. That, so, was, that was interesting. Greg, why did uh-huh. you play this torturous sound clip for us today? Well, today we're going to talk about yet another... Yet another Christian deconstructionist Mm. or somebody who has deconstructed their faith, I guess is what I should say. You know, there's a lot of Christian deconstructionists out there. They're trying to deconstruct Christianity for 2000 years. But Mm. um, but yes, Kevin Max. So if you don't know, Kevin Max is one of the members of the trio that made up DC Talk. Mm. And when DC Talk broke up, I don't know, must be about even 15 years ago or something. It's been a while. while. It's been been a hot minute. Mm -hmm. It has. (laughs) And uh, and they've gone their separate ways. And, and of course, we have Toby Mack, who everybody knows. And and then Kevin Max was probably the least known. He probably wouldn't like it, but I don't think he listens to our podcast, so... Uh, he wouldn't like hearing well, that. Well, I think it's just true. He's the is. least known of the bunch. Right. And, and maybe that sound clip will tell you why. <laughs> His solo career has not been. Is, is it taken off? I don't actually know. Um, I mean, maybe it's more popular than I realize. I really don't know. Right. Yeah. And then. Um, uh, Tate. Tate. Wait, Michael Tate. Mike, Michael Tate. Yeah. And he, he took the place of uh, the Newsboys. Peter Fuller. Peter Fuller. Yeah. So he's the lead singer of Newsboys now. Well, yeah, I don't even know. Are the Newsboys, are they still a thing? I, well, they were a couple of years yeah. ago. I just assume they still are. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and Kevin Max has had this, uh, you know, variable um, career, I guess, as, as a solo artist and has been in a few different bands that he's started. And so he's continued on with music. Um I haven't really heard much from him lately. This is from his latest album, which I think was July of 2020. Mm. Came out. <clears throat> and um I think the what what was the name of the band that they're that the uh, astronaut astronauts sad or something it said. Astronauts Never sad. heard of it. Astronaut sad, is I it? think. I don't know. Whatever. Cuz you can't say it the right way. Why wouldn't you be a happy astronaut? I don't know. Astronauts well, sad. Oh, okay. Well, Astronaut said. I'm sure there's some real cool hipster meaning behind it. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, um, yeah. I mean. Kevin Max, for reference, is mm-hmm. almost your age, 
right? It's about yes. the same. So I think it's fifty. I'm just trying to imagine mm-hmm. you putting out an album sounding like that, and it would, yeah. Well, it must be must be why I liked it so much. It yeah. really resonated <laughs> with me. No, Craig. No, that, that was, was awful. That was bad. That was I made the joke off screen, or whatever <laughs> you want to call it, off mic. That's what they use to torture and interrogate terrorists. <laughs> right. They just yes, lock them in yes. a room and play that on loop for a few hours. That's right. I'll say anything. Yeah. <laughs> please, please waterboard me now. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> okay, back on track. Okay. So anyway, he has uh, come out as seems to be very popular among uh, Christian ce- celebrities, celebrities. Mm-hmm. Uh, this This whole thing where you have to come out because everybody wants to know what your how your faith is going and and whether or not you're they they don't Now when you say come out mm-hmm. you're not saying he's coming out as gay. Oh no no no. No, he's coming out no. as as in their in their term exvangelical. 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 That was his term. Or, or, I don't know do they all? Yeah, it's they all say getting, that? Oh, okay. Nah, it's it's picking up thrown. steam. Yeah, yeah. It's a hashtag now. It is. Yeah. I think it is a hashtag in his it, Twitter post whatever it is absolutely yeah no i'm just saying that because that's what makes everything legit now if you hashtag hashtag. he has a hashtag and has a lot of uh posts with that hashtag so anyway what what let's start here craig Mm -hmm. what is what is just in case people don't know we did a podcast on deconstruction before we did it was a quite a while ago now um what is deconstruction ism what does that term even really refer to okay that's a good that's a good place to start so we've got uh the latest fad among those who consider themselves to be popular or um you know noteworthy christian celebrities mm-hmm. for for lack of a better term people that that many you know uh, people outside of your circles know who you are and uh, so these uh, celebrities have, you know, it, many of them. Uh, so some good examples. Uh, what, now I can't. That's not a good example if I can't remember. Are they thinking of Josh Harris? Josh Harris, yeah. right? Uh, I kissed dating goodbye a few years ago, or a year or so ago, I guess, a couple years ago. Came out and said, "I'm no longer. I don't believe that stuff. Uh, I, I, I'm." stepping down from uh, pastoring my church. Mm-hmm. I'm going to divorce my wife. I'm deconstructing my faith. Yeah. And and this has kind of become a trend. Um, yeah. Big time. I, I should have wrote down some of the names because... They're... Well, we the podcast we did on deconstruction right. was sparked by uh, the lead singer of Hawk Nelson. Right. Who had done a similar, you know, big announcement, public announcement about why he's not a Christian anymore. Yes. And why he's walking away from particularly the church. Mm-hmm. And this is this is some of the nuance within that deconstruction term is some of those people are walking away from Christianity and Christ and God mm-hmm. straight out right. like I'm an atheist now. Right. Other people are saying, "No, no, no, I still love Jesus, but I'm not associating myself with the brand or style of Christianity that's come to be known as evangelical Christians." That that's what this guy is making the claim. I haven't given up on Jesus, but I'm not evangelical. The anymore. universal Jesus. I haven't given up on the universal Jesus. Which is the term right? he used. Isn't that the term? Can I just throw this in there? Because okay. in the time we started recording, I already right. found this. So there's a pretty good podcast 
that is produced by a lady named Alyssa Childers, okay. who specializes in progressive Christianity and these deconstruction narratives and things like that. That's what her podcast niche is. Mm-hmm. And she had posted on Facebook today. She said uh, she was commenting on this story. And she said, for those who want to familiarize yourself with what this, quote, universal Christ business is all about, oh, okay. please take the time to listen to the in-depth podcast I recorded with former New Ager Stephen Bancarts, B-A-N-C-A-R-Z, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, mm-hmm. about Richard Rohr and the okay. teaching that mm-hmm. is now become quite dominant Catholic. in progressive mm-hmm. Christianity if you want to be your own God, the universal Christ will give you the language to do just that. So to be honest, I don't have a lot of knowledge about that specific phrase, no. universal Christ, but now I've got homework to do right. and a place to go check it out. Yeah. Alyssa Childers podcast with New Ager Stephen Bancarts. Maybe we can do, uh, that. well, if there's enough compelling information there, we can do a, a podcast on it. Richard Rohr is uh, known to be uh, a hero. He's, he's Catholic. Uh, but he's known to be a hero among the uh, emergent church movement that okay. took place uh, about 10, they, they kind of died, be, started dying off about 10 years ago yeah. or 15 years ago, but they were a big movement at the time when I came to Bible Fellowship, mm-hmm. actually, 20 years ago, and that was a that was a big deal. And, and uh, you know, there's been, there's been several that have kind of jumped on, that train like Rob Bell and, and some others. Uh, but again, it's, it's always this nebulous talk, you know, it's kind of like this person's a part of the emergent church, but what does that mean? Because in reality, the emergent church, their, their big thing was to get rid of doctrine because doctrine separates people. So, um, so it's kind of hard to define who's an in the emergent church Mm -hmm. or in that movement, when you don't have a doctrine that defines you. And even <laughs> though like, even though the emergent church as a labeled movement isn't this it's not really active anymore, I would say the progressive Christian movement is its baby take, offshoot. Yes. Like that's the baby that was it. born yep. and it has spread all over the place. Mm-hmm. And cuz that's kind of what progressive Christianity is partly about. It's like we're going to hang on to this idea of God and a Jesus who loves us and has some important values that we need to care about too, mm-hmm. but we're going to throw off a lot of the traditional understanding within the Christian world about what that might look like and explore some other options. Mm-hmm. So when you hear these Christian thinkers, Christian celebrities, so to speak, and they talk in ways that sound like you say, nebulous, vague, they avoid hard conclusions and drawing doctrinal lines, all right. that kind of stuff. That's a sign that you might be listening to a progressive Christian. Right. Yeah. Something to look That's out good. for. That's good. Yeah. It's a good definition, something to help people to understand it. And um, that doesn't mean that everything that they believe or espouse is wrong. Right. Uh, there's probably, well, I, I'm sure there's things that we can learn from it. The problem is, is that I don't really want to go through the process. I, I think what's unfortunate is, is that the how these how this is revealed or defined for them is is you jump into this progressive Christianity and then the end of the road is deconstruction. Yes, it is. You right. know, and so that should say something to us. Like we don't start out 
with some of these ideas. Some of the things like embracing, I, I, I probably should have better examples. I should be coming up with better examples, but embracing like social justice and really jumping on board with it or Black Lives Matter or things like that and saying, you know, those, those are values that we should have as a Christian. And, you know, there's a lot of things that can be learned there uh, from people that are struggling with that and all kinds of things. And there's a lot of parallels between that and the Christian life. But the downside is, is that it always ends up leading to the same place for these people. It always ends up leading with deconstructing your faith. And I don't know if you're going to be happy with that outcome. Like you might be happy with the idea that I'm really learning how to love my neighbor and, and I'm doing it in the, in a way that is woke or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it all seems fine for days, maybe even years. And then one day you wake up and you go, well, really, I don't, I've, I've rejected sound doctrine and, and I say that those things are harmful to people and things like that. And I've become this progressive person. Well, all of a sudden I begin to ask myself, why do I even believe any of it? Right. That's what happened with the Hawk Nelson singer. Right. Is he deconstructed so much that it was right. like, this is not even Christianity remaining. I'm, I can't I'm an even. Atheist yeah. Now. I'm just mm-hmm. done with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Other people are along that path. Right. But they still hold to some. But, but here's the thing. They believe different things about the Bible. They believe different things about God. They believe different things about morality. They believe different things about Christ's purpose right. in the world. Right. And you need, unless you kind of recognize those things. you have to listen things, very carefully right. to even identify what those differences are. Right. Because they'll still use Christian-sounding language often, words. but they mean different things. Yep. Yep. And that's, uh, it's just something you kind of have to learn to pick up on to recognize what you're, what you're, just what you're dealing with, like what someone's position is or where they're coming from. Because they may quote scripture, but they may not have the same understanding of scripture's authority or scripture's inerrancy. Right. They'll say, talk, they'll talk about the love of Christ, but they don't mean it in the way of, for example, Christ substituting himself on the cross for sinners. They think of Jesus as a social revolutionary who's come to fix the ills of society. And they mean his love in that regard. Things like that, where unless you kind of know that and you can kind of pick up on some of the the language and the signals, you might you might not catch it. It's mm-hmm. a little bit sneaky. Mm-hmm. Yes. So so this yep. guy came out with this big announcement, felt the need to let the world know that he's deconstructed his faith. And um, his follow-up, which I'm just pulling it up here on my phone, was, was one of the more interesting things to me because uh, he explicitly says he's still a follower of the universal Christ. Mm-hmm which again there's a specific meaning to that. Uh, so he's holding on to some of the some some little nebulous thing of Christianity but mm-hmm. rejecting the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And so his do you want me to read the list? Should I read his I'm pro this anti this tweet? Uh let, you know what? Let's save that okay. for for a minute. I think to describe it a little bit more in his words, he says this, the um uh that he he uses one of his songs and points to that as as one of the things that describes his what his deconstructing journey is all about. And uh, I don't even it doesn't even say what the I don't I don't know I don't see the name of the song. The title's called Adult Fears, and that song 
that we played at the beginning is is I believe off that same album and I just want to encourage you if you want to run out and get that astronaut sad adult fears got to put a plug in there for the guy <laughs> right anyway he in uh in the lyrics of this song that he posted it's okay to be estranged from everything you were taught and it's okay to unpack all the hopeless baggage that you bought I know the sun, it never shines in the same place twice. And I know that life is better with a trusted vice. But you will change when you cave to the universal Christ. So. Interesting. There you go. I don't think that, uh, uh, I don't think the God that I believe in is just all of a sudden going to ignore me because I don't believe every single thing that's written down somewhere. Oh, you're still reading the song lyrics. No. Yeah. No, no. This is this is a, a quote from him. Oh, though, oh, sorry. Following the, the song lyrics. Okay, so, can, you, can you repeat that then? I don't think the God that I believe in is just all of a sudden going to ignore me because I don't believe every single thing that's written down somewhere. Oh, yeah. A very interesting I mean, you can see what it's an attack on. It's an attack on the Bible. I don't believe, because I don't believe every single thing that's written down somewhere. Yeah, what's he referring to? He's referring to the Bible. Right. Uh, So, again, we get to, like, if we don't have God's word, then we just decide to shape God in our own image. Or in the image that we want God to be. Mm Mm-hmm to accept the things that we want him to accept, to hate the things that we want him to hate. Um, and so instead of hating, like let's say, for instance, and this is would be their words, not my words, because, you know, I, I don't believe this, but in, instead of hating, say, uh, homosexuals, which is what they would say, that the Bible says, which I don't believe it does. Right, but that would be the accusation. But that would be the accusation. Instead of hating that, what you do is you hate the people that hate. You see what I'm mm, saying? And, and it's like you're just exchanging one hate for another. In mm. fact, you probably become more virulent about one type of hatred and, and because you feel it's more noble. Right? I, will, I will say this about progressive Christians. They're not fans of conservative Christians. No. Like, or, or traditional or orthodox uh, Christians. Uh, what you might typically think of when you think of a Bible-believing Christian. Mm-hmm. Progressive Christians do not like you. They, they actually envision you as essentially the modern version of Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And therefore, because Jesus often treated Pharisees with quite a bit of... Uh, vitriol, they believe that that's kind of justified towards the organized church. Uh, So they're not afraid to cast accusations. But like you say, those accusations are often framed in a way that is disingenuous. Mm. Like it's framed in a way that does not truly represent the beliefs of Bible-believing Christians. I use that term to mean people like me. Uh, I'm not a progressive Christian. So a progressive Christian would probably not take... Like they probably wouldn't like me using that phrase, Bible believing, to not describe them. But nevertheless, he's here saying, I reject some of the Bible, and just because I do that doesn't mean God's ignoring me. And it's like, nobody said that he did. Okay? Nobody said that's how it worked. Nobody said that when you reject some doctrine from God's word, God is done with you. Right. That is a a straw, straw man. man argument. Right. 
Yep. You're not representing the the other side properly, and then you're trying to mock or show the ridiculousness of their position, even though you haven't fully represented it accurately. That is mm-hmm. something that happens. Well, I mean, everybody kind of does that to some extent, but it's one of the ways I find deconstructionists talk about their more conservative counterparts. They don't really accurately represent their beliefs. You mentioned the, the issue of like hating homosexual people. That's how it's framed, even though I think it's fair to say the vast majority of conservative Christians don't hate homosexual people. Mm-hmm. I would There perhaps are some. I'm not going to deny that there is hatred right. for some of those people. Right. And you may even, I think... There could be grounds to question salvation or things like that in those areas. Certainly, you would absolutely be justified in saying they're wrong in doing that. But it doesn't really represent what Christians actually believe or how they feel about people. Mm -hmm. So it's that's one of the things I find frustrating. Because then Kevin Max went on to define his position on multiple issues. Um, in the tweet that I was going to read, yes, you know, in a, and it was well, that, that, so oversimplified, it's ridiculous. Well, yeah, I mean, l- let's kind of move into that topic then, uh, from this standpoint, because that's I think one of the most interesting uh, things about this phenomenon. And and even though Kevin Max is the latest example of it, there's been, uh, you know, there's been several others, and. Uh, it's it's just an interesting like it brings up to me all these issues of why do we have to do this why do we have to define ourselves why do we have to come out and deconstruct I mean these guys don't tweet about you know I don't know other things that are happening in their lives but this evidently is important to us right. and they've they've got to make sure that we know about it and so you know that is that is an interesting tweet where he describes these things so why don't you read those and uh and let's talk about I'll, that I'll read a, a slightly shortened version of it cuz it's it's fairly long okay. and wordy but so in in the follow up tweet to announcing that he's an ex evangelical he says and he doesn't preface this with anything it's just a list he says anti war pro peace anti hate pro love pro lgbtq pro-BLM, pro-open-mindedness, anti-narrow-mindedness, pro-utopia, anti-white nationalist, pro-equality, (laughs) pro-vax, pro-music, pro-Jesus, etc. Etc. I skipped over a couple, but you get get the idea. So it's, it is just, it is stunning to me that people, that anyone can believe Posting mm-hmm. a list like that has any value in it at all. Mm-hmm. Because I just, first of all, it's like, first of all, I, I don't really care that much what your position is on those 19 issues you listed or whatever. That's one thing. I don't know why it matters that I have to know those things or why you feel the need to let everybody know. Um, but another thing is it's like there is there is no room for nuance or discussion on any of these things which is really, really, it, it, it's irksome to me. Mm-hmm. There's a word I haven't used in a while. It's irksome. It's irksome. Uh, like you, you had highlighted when we chatted about this earlier this morning, 
uh, pro open mindedness, anti narrow mindedness. Mm-hmm. As if now we know what you think about things just by that. Yeah, it's it's first of all, it's implying if you're a conservative Christian, right. you're narrow minded, right? Which is not true. It also implies that he is open minded, which I'm not so sure that's true either. I mean, you well, sound like you have defined positions on things, which is not very open minded. Yeah, I mean, it's it just struck me when I when you read it. It, it struck me as here he's giving a laundry list of the polarization between two different viewpoints like war and peace and these things and just like without any nuance, without any uh, understanding of the intricacies of it, uh, love and hate, you know, I mean, these these broad topics. And then he comes in and says, well, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm not against anything and I'm open to everything, mm. you know, it's like. Wait a minute. No, you not. just defined all the things that you're against, so you're not open. Right. And it doesn't sound like you're willing to listen or learn. So how is that open-minded? I mean, you might as well have said woke because at least that defines a certain understanding of things. Like when you say that, that whole list, he could have said that. It is. It's he a, could have said, I'm woke he's and a, just left he's, it. He's a Jesus woke person. Yes. That's all it is, right? A, a woke he, person. He wants to... He's, I like how he slid that into the very end. I'm also pro Jesus, so don't forget that. It's a, it's a. I mean, the list is. I don't really, I don't really want to go through the whole list, but it no. is, it is just. I, again, it's stunning to me that this is supposed to be perceived as useful information. It, right. it, it, it really. First of all, it's an incredibly predictable list. Yep. As soon as you told me you're, yep. you're deconstructing your faith, I already knew. I already all knew this. all that. I already knew. It is. I mean, why is it? That everybody who deconstructs, they all end up at the same place mm-hmm. with the same beliefs about the same topics. Why is that? I don't think it's because you're actually pursuing things and looking at them from a objective point of view, that you're actually doing independent thinking. You're just falling into different groupthink. It's the same thing that you're doing, that, that you're supposedly pushing against, because mm-hmm. that's the accusation towards conservative Christians is you know they just all have these rigid defined beliefs and you're not allowed to step outside the fray. Well now he's gone into <laughs> another set of rigid defined beliefs that mm-hmm. is totally predictable. Right. And nothing in this list is like out of place. In fact, sorry, let me just say one yeah. more thing. I thought the most interesting th- part of the list is the word etc. Yeah. At the end. Yes. Because it it to me it communicated like Anything else you I didn't mention in this list, you probably already know where I land on it, mm-hmm. etc. Like mm-hmm. these are the, this is the list that everybody else has been using when they talk about deconstruction, and this is my list to etc. Like you just it's mm-hmm. predictable what the end of the list is. Mm-hmm. Isn't that something though? Wh- where's your individuality? Yeah. Oh, exactly. You're not, you're not on a personal journey when you can, when you say. This is my new position on everything. Here's the five important ones plus et cetera. Because you know. That's not a personal journey. Right. You've just fallen into another category. Uh, so many things firing off in my mind Fire right away. now. Fire away. Go for I'm, it. I'm just, well, I mean, one thing that, that comes to my mind immediately is, uh, you know, it used to be like like before before it was cool to be, you know, well, before it, before it became cool to be gay or became cool then to change your gender um before all those things before 
it became cool to be deconstructionist. Um, it was the argument of vegetarians mm. long ago. It's like you're a vegetarian. And I always wondered about that. My wife rarely eats anything, uh, any dead animals. Um, nobody even uh, knows that, or maybe they do. Maybe they're aware of it. If they've been around her a little bit, they just see that. She's never, never used vegetarian as a way to describe herself ever. It's never been a thing. Um, she just doesn't particularly, I mean, she likes vegetables and she likes fruit and that's what she likes to eat and that's what her body likes. So she just eats that. Um, she doesn't go to a restaurant and, and make sure that it has absolutely no meat or animal product in the food or anything like that. Doesn't send it back because, you know, it had milk on it or whatever. I don't know what their hangups are today, but you know, and, and this is, this is what people do. People define themselves by these things that they do as if number one, I care. Like, I don't care if you're a vegetarian. And then what is interesting about that analogy is, is that, uh, and for all those who are vegetarians out there, I don't have a ax to grind with being, eating vegetables. I like vegetables. And, uh, so anyway, but, uh, but when, when it wasn't cool anymore, cool enough to be a vegetarian, then you had to become a vegan. And so now it's like, you know, and now we've got all kinds of, I mean, paleo and all these different, like since when again, am I defined by my diet? You know, my grandmother was in Weight Watchers. She didn't introduce herself as somebody that was in Weight Watchers. You know, it's like, I mean, that's a diet, right? I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. So why is it that people are uh, you know, have, feel the need to define themselves. Right. And that's really what this comes down to. This whole deconstruction argument or concept is like, first of all, when did I get the impression that I needed to make this known to anybody? Like, it seems like something, It you know, and then, and then how is it that I feel like um, I need to flaunt this. I, I need to make people know it. I need to give the laundry list. What what he's saying there in that big list of, of things that he likes and doesn't like or he's for or again pro pro is that how he says yeah, it? Pro I'm this, pro this anti and this. anti this. Yeah. So that laundry list is that is the way that you identify him. So it's just like when we um find ourselves as Christians sometimes uh, asking people questions and then defining who they are based upon what they believe. Like if you ask somebody, do you believe in a young earth? And we go, well, yeah, I'm young earth. Okay. Now I I'm know a young whose earth team. creationist. I know whose team you're on. Right. right. Yes. Yes. And, um, and no, I don't believe in a young earth. I believe, oh, theistic oh, evolution. Uh oh, uh oh, we got to, Yep. Got to put you in a different category. <laughs> put you we'll we'll keep you at arm's length in case you infect us. Mm. But it's just interesting how we have to define ourselves through all these different things. And so in some ways I have some sympathy. I was gonna say for him. there's a there is a seed of, of truth mm -hmm. in what he's doing and what other deconstructionists, so to speak, are doing. Right. I think that it's well, 
sometimes they are rejecting God altogether. Mm -hmm. But other times they are critiquing Christian evangelical culture. Right. Which I think there's great value in that. Mm -hmm. Because evangelical culture in North America has some flaws. And I would not deny that ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't live exactly as we ought to live. We at times elevate the traditions of man to the level of scripture. And when you push back against those things, that's not so bad. The downside is, I mean, I hate this phrase, but it works when you start to throw out the baby with the bathwater, so to speak. Right? I, was, I was thinking that exact phrase. You? Yeah. yeah, you stole my line. I'm sorry. Although it's 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 overused. a little tired and overused, yeah. but it works. <laughs> it's it's a polarization effect, or the yep. or a, maybe a pendulum swing is a better way to think of it. Mm-hmm. It's a reaction that turns into an overreaction. So it's like I see things in evangelical culture that are messed up. The church is super narrow-minded. They don't have tolerance for people who don't think like them or whatever. And there's some truth in those things. Therefore, the solution is to swing all the way in the other direction. I'm going to be super open-minded about everything. I'm going to be tolerant and accepting of everything. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you kind of made an error in the other direction as well. So you've got to find a way. So here's how I... I don't like the phrase deconstruction. Mm Mm-hmm. What I do like, I would like to introduce this into our vocabulary. So here's my pitch for the world. All right. Christians all over the world will start to use this term. I'm sure they will. Disentangle. Hashtag. Yes. Hashtag disentangle. Disentangle. Disentangling, to me, implies that there is some kind of structure that the Bible Mm. demands us to have. Like essential components that if you remove them, you are killing Christianity you're killing your faith. You're making it something it's not, and it's now become something other than the truth. You so there's here first. there's a pillar of truth, and what we do is we tangle up other things in the mix of that. Mm-hmm. Our own traditions, our own beliefs, our own values that we wrongly imply Scripture demands us to believe, but Scripture actually doesn't. That is true that that happens, and every Christian needs to unlearn some things Mm -hmm. from their path of discipleship. They picked up things along the way that other believers told them they needed to have, they needed to believe, they needed to value, they needed to do, when in reality those were optional, Mm -hmm. right? Or there was some freedom there, and you need to disentangle that from the real thing. That's not the same as deconstruction. Mm -hmm. Deconstruction questions everything, and it almost does not allow any pillars of truth to remain. Yeah, I'd separate, please, people, separate yeah. those things in your mind. All of us in our Christian journey will have to disentangle some things. Do you, yeah, it's 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 the, like the difference between remodeling and demolition. Demolition, yes, just destroying everything, Same idea. leveling it. You know, because I think we do. We have to continue to evaluate. Uh, we we need to continue to walk with Christ every day. That should be. You know, uh, the most important thing. It's like you can see that progression in people's lives in the Bible. There were ups and downs. Uh, We were talking about it earlier. And there's Peter and there's Paul. Mm -hmm. We see Paul. He's the ultimate evangelical. He's super 
evangelical, isn't he? <laughs> his, right? His like, sanctification I mean, his, just seems like a straight line. It's just, it's up, yeah. up, up, up. And then he went to heaven. I mean, that's just how it went for him, <laughs> I guess. Uh, there might've been that thing with John Mark and Barnabas. Like oh, yeah. they, they had a little, he had a few hiccups, there. but since he wrote the book, yeah, maybe they, they didn't make it in. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then you got Peter, you know, and I mean, Peter follows Jesus for three years and then denies that he was ever around the guy, that right. he even knew the man. Right. Peter's the guy that he goes to Galatia and, and he's there with the uh, Gentile believers, but he won't eat with them. He eats with the Jewish believers that are there uh, and basically is hypocritical about, you know, believing that God has brought the gospel to the Gentiles and Paul right. calls him out on it. So, you know, there's there's ups and downs His in people's Christian lives. growth was a little... And you can see in the Old it. Testament, I mean, my goodness, we could go on all day about uh, people who, you know, the 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 one that God said was a man after his own heart, right? and here he is, you know, with Bathsheba and, and killing her husband, trying to cover up his adultery. I mean, you know, there's ups and downs mm-hmm. in life. I, I mean, you, you could say that, you know, maybe Peter was uh, sitting there with the Jewish believers and going, hmm, am I deconstructing my faith? <laughs> maybe I should announce that to everybody. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah. But the point that you're making is that our our sanctification or our growth mm-hmm. isn't always linear. Yeah. We, we sometimes imagine you're not going to make huge stumbles along the way if you're truly following Christ. And right. that's just not true. Some people who have a genuine faith I mean, Peter straight up denied, like you said. He's straight mm-hmm. up, what almost he had his own tweet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. I know not the man. <laughs> right. I, I don't know him. I swear, <laughs> I don't know him. And he's calling down curses on himself. I right. Mean, yeah. Like, uh, that, in a way, that's you know, that's not unlike what some right. of these people have done, where they made a public announcement. And Peter's thing, Peter's denial was public. These weren't inner doubts. Mm-hmm. And. And it wasn't the end of the story. Mm-hmm. So I think about these guys who are coming out with these announcements. I'm, I'm ex-evangelical or I've given up on God or whatever. Well, God's not giving up on you. Right. And we'll see where this goes. If you're sensitive to the leading of God's spirit, uh, perhaps this is a season of life that you needed to go through. I don't really know what God's plan is for you. Mm-hmm. But he can always make sure you land up where you need to land. One thing, one thing that I've seen in years of ministry now is just how the story isn't over. Mm. It's, it's never over. Um, God is still at work in people's lives. He's still doing things and changing them and bringing them to different places and their circumstances. And sometimes the painful part of pastoring people is watching them make these choices and realizing and do you realize that if you are turning your back on God, say in a certain area, or you're rejecting some truth from the Bible that you've always known and, and always believed in the church upholds and all those things, and everybody around you is telling you that you're doing that, that the reality is, is that there is going to be something that God does to his true child mm-hmm. that is not going to be pretty. Right. And knowing that's happening, knowing, seeing somebody rejecting God in a certain area or maybe in all their life, whatever, and walking away from God and and knowing that they're truly a child of God and, and just not wanting to see the train wreck that happens that's going to bring them back to the truth mm-hmm. because 
God is not going to let go of his. Right. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's a there's a certain amount of peace and comfort that comes from knowing that. But the other side of it is that's one of the reasons that we get in trouble because we try and jump in and we try and rescue people before they come to a place or before God has had a chance to do that work in their life. Mm. And then and then we grab hold of them, trying to turn them back, which I think is natural and I think it's also uh, something that we need to do right. as a Christian. But at the same time, uh, recognizing that God's got this too, that's important. Um, but sometimes when we do that, we get rejected. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get anger. We get frustration. We get your, you know, we get that the the accusation that we're too uptight, that uh, you know, we're too literal, that we're whatever, fill in the blank. Right. right? This is we're uh, judgmental. That um, yeah. Anyway, legalistic. That's what that's the term I was trying to come to. So. Anyway, and you see that happening. I, I want to switch gears a little bit and and just talk about this need to announce these things. Mm, okay. So we've kind of touched on it, but I, I want to get into that a little bit more because it's interesting that some of this happens to people who are have reached a height of land in terms of fame and that kind of thing, and notoriety, and are on the decline. And so an example of that would be the former sing- singer for Hawk Nelson, or the singer, is he still the lead singer? Do they, is Hawk Nelson no, still I exist? I don't or think what? so. Anyway, uh, you know, I mean, they, they, were, they had plateaued. Let's just face it. They had plateaued and, and kind of started declining. Um, you've got others out there. It was Michael... No, it's not Michael Gunger. Who's the? Oh, uh, uh, I know who you're talking yeah, about. The it, name is escaping me. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, not Michael W. S- no, no. Oh, no, come on. Was, I know who you're talking about, but the name is escaping yeah, me. Yeah. Anyway, he was again. Uh, him and his wife both, I think, kind of took the same path together. Which I guess that's good. They didn't get divorced. They. <laughs> We're in oh, this together. Still together. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, they were a, they were a singing, they sang together and and that sort of thing, and I think they still are. But you know, he decided to to come out with that his deconstruction, and then there was, um, uh, you know, and then in the case of Kevin Max, I mean, you heard his last album. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying. It's well, and his two counterparts are doing half decent toby mac is still rocking right the newsboys i don't know how they're doing right now but only a few years ago they were headliners in a major movie yeah and all that so so. i just i mean i want to throw that out there as maybe a plausible reason why some of these guys do this and i'll give you a secular example of it um you know bruce jenner he he won multiple olympic gold medals i don't even know how many i think in one won Olympics he won like the most or until that Michael Phelps, Michael beat, him. Phelps yeah. beat him out and uh decathlon you know great fame on the box of Wheaties come on you know there you go and you know you've made it win and then basically fading into obscurity and now we know him as Caitlin mm-hmm. right and he's running for governor I guess mm-hmm. I mean I don't know it's it's like 
we live in a messed up world, you know? I mean, it's it's crazy. But anyway, and so you've got this uh, person who's in relative obscurity, and I'm not, and this isn't, uh, you know, an indictment on uh, the gender issues or the fluid gender stuff that's going on. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that you need something to distinguish yourself. And to stay relevant. And, well, not well, maybe it is. Maybe I guess it could be relevant. I see it more as just staying in the limelight. Well, staying. that's more or less what I mean. Yeah, I mean, they got to be saying something about me. Yeah, exactly. Bad news, bad press is it's still is still good, good press, right? Yeah. So there is no bad press, I guess. Is the Do you think that same. could be the case on a smaller scale for the lesser known Christian? Because deconstruction is certainly not just a celebrity Christian phenomena. It happens among your average churchgoer. Yep. Uh, sometimes it flies under the radar. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those people are rather noisy, and mm-hmm. they they go out with a show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It, it may be in a much smaller scale. You're talking about blowing up their friend group or their mm-hmm. church or something like that. Not so much, you know, making national headlines and things of that nature. Well, I go back to the analogy of vegetarian. Mm-hmm. It's like here you have to, you have to define yourself somehow, and that that gives you notoriety, even among your peer group or among you know on on your social platforms. You have something you can put on there, a ribbon, a, yeah. a you know emblem or something that that identifies you as this with this certain tribe. That was a really great example, the vegetarian one, because it's like you, you did you know did you know you could live as a vegetarian. And not make a thing about it. Yeah. Like, like that's I mean, an option. It's possible. <laughs> All right. Exactly. That's an option. It doesn't have to make it to your Twitter bio. It really doesn't, <laughs> you know? But that's that's the world we live in. Right. In fact, I I I really there's something to chew on about that. Mm-hmm. When you sign up for a social media account, you mm. choose a username and you gotta think to yourself, what am I gonna what handle am I gonna use here? Especially when it's not just your name. Right. Sometimes you can, you know, change it into a username and that's going to be a very defining thing about you. You got to choose a profile pic. And then there's that little section that allows you a few sentences to put your bio. And it's a very if you if you ever interested in a a uh, like a window into the human psyche experiment, go on social media and just go to people's bios and read them. Mm-hmm. Like on the pe- the people who are on your Facebook or your Instagram or those kind of things, just as an as an interesting experiment into the human psyche, so to speak, and find out because it's interesting. What you find is like people think about what they put in there. What do I want to be known by? What are what are the key things I want to express to the world? Like this is who I am. What is my identity? It's mm-hmm. often like similar to the list this guy's putting together here you know it's like a string of here's my position on these five extremely relevant cultural issues at the mm-hmm. moment and i need you to know where i stand on them it's very peculiar i mean i made the joke earlier this morning that you know mine should be some random guy <laughs> right <laughs> like yeah. that's what i actually am in the sight yes. of like the world uh i'm valuable in god's eyes but in terms of uh, like celebrity fame and all that, I am literally just a random guy. I'm going to live for a little while, then I'm going to die, and no one's going to remember me. In fact, that is one of the 
powerful things you can learn from biblical genealogies. Mm. It's like there are thousands of names in the Bible and you don't know any of them. Mm-hmm. All they are is a name. Right. <laughs> That's all they they came, they were born, they lived, they died, and we're moving on. The world just keeps on turning. You feel right. like that's very fatalistic. It's also very realistic. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. We don't like that. It doesn't jive with this feeling we have to be known, to be important, right. to be remembered, to be somebody. And there's definitely a factor that's at play there in the culture in which we are living, where people feel like I need to be somebody. I need to be relevant. I need people to talk about me. I need, I feel the need to let people know who I am and where I stand on these issues. Right. It's a, it's a twisted way to live. It is. It's, it's torturous. I mean, I have over the years made many different uh, profiles for different things. And I can't tell you there's nothing that takes me longer than trying to figure out what I'm going to put for my username. Mm. What, how is that sound? What is that, you know, and, and it's still an utter failure, but you know, it's just interesting. Like, like for instance, when I came here, um, I used Sue pastor on everything. Mm-hmm. I regret that constantly my my main <laughs> email account is sue pastor at gmail.com i regret it for many reasons one because i spelled sue s-a-u-l-t so Nobody everybody knows how to spell. Uh, everybody uh, i mean people canadians even they're like salt pastor yeah <laughs> yeah i just told you i live in sue saint marie yeah yeah and you just spelled it and now i'm yeah okay never mind i can't help you <laughs> I can't help you. S O O, right? Well, I yeah, yeah, it's actually, too late now, man. Yeah, too well, late. I have that one too. So why did why did you choose <laughs> Sue Pastor? What, have, what was your rationale? Do you remember? I I just thought it described who I was, but I'm just saying it took me a long time to to decide to do that, to figure that out, and what and and it's amazing to me the thing. Well, uh, I, another thing that I don't like about it, that I dislike about that is that I'll talk to somebody uh, or, you know, maybe, I don't know, ask them or they want my email address and they're not, they don't know anything about my church or or anything like that. And I use that and then I just opened up a can of worms. I I mean, next thing you know, they're like, oh, well, I should, you know, you don't want to stand too close to me because the lightning bolt and, you know, it starts... The whole thing. You just didn't ask for you it. Just, you just got done telling me a dirty joke. Yeah. All right. I sat here through the whole thing. Yeah. Cloaked. <laughs> undercover pastor. Right. And now it's almost like I, I'm i offending them because I didn't tell them. You should have warned me. Oh, yeah. You so know? that I could put on my fake persona for exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah anyway. Interesting. I don't know. that I We're going too far down that road. Kevin Max on his Twitter feed uh he is he describes himself poet singer rebel hubs dad leftist mystic gothic liberal hippie zen motorcyclist bespoke jesus freak follow my new band (laughs) there you go now you know now you know everything you need to know about that's there in a nutshell that's everything Uh, i hate this i I hate that i do 
people are interesting. Yes. Real human beings are interesting. Anytime you're in a conversation with somebody, you're in a conversation with an interesting person, whether they present themselves that way or not. And there's so much more to who they are than these Mm. canned labels that we've decided are relevant to Mm -hmm. the world. I just don't like it. it. It bothers me. It bothers me that we're training ourselves to think this way. Tell me the labels so that I can know what I know about you. And then we just leave it at that. That's right. not how I don't believe that's not how God intended us to interact with one another. Agreed. I don't think that that's just who mm. to me, that's not love. I mean, you want to talk about loving your neighbor. He's mm-hmm. got this whole list of all these things he believes equate love to be pro this, anti this. And it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's way too simplistic. People are interesting. I mean, being in ministry has shown me that when you meet somebody, you're meeting a unique individual. Not only, Mm -hmm. whether they've got the same labels as somebody else, they're different. They've got different life experiences that have shaped their view. They've got just different ways of looking at things, slightly different personalities, different ways of looking at the world. Mm. And you got to interact with people that way. Get to know them. That's the thing. We don't we don't get to know each other anymore. No. It's just we we have these and that's in fact that's exactly what he's doing to evangelicals. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's castigating that label with a certain style of or like a certain collection of beliefs and values that mm-hmm. he believes fully represents them. As if there's no nuance in that. As if there's nobody in that group who would have some slightly variations of all these things, different ways of looking at things. It's just not real. That's not true. You're not living in reality. You know, it's being going through deconstruction, if you will, if we, if we validate that term. So being a deconstruct, uh, deconstructing my faith is an attempt to become unique. And what's so ironic about that is that the list that he gives and ending it with et cetera mm-hmm. says, you know the things that define what I'm doing. Right. So I've actually joined this tribe and now I'm just unique from what I was to a new tribe that is all defined for the me. The same way. Yeah. I mean, it's you're just jumping from one ship to another. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just really interesting to me that this is... The, and, and and the whole idea is I want you to see me as somebody that is unique and interesting and... I'm not like them. I'm a thinker, you know? Mm. It's like, how are you a thinker? I mean, you're, uh, you're pro-peace and anti-war, or anti-war and pro-peace, I think, is how he starts it out. Pro, yeah, yeah. And... Did I say that right? Anti-war War and pro-peace. Pro correct. Right. Yes. So, you know, I mean, come on. There's not a human being that isn't anti-war. Right. Is there? Um, I mean, really? Maybe a handful of real weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess so. I guess I shouldn't say that. But there, there's got to be. That doesn't but, make you unique to yeah. say, I don't like war. You and I, we're on the same page. I must be deconstructing my faith. Oh, who knew it? You're not evangelical I, anymore. Evidently not, now because I'm not anti-war, or I'm anti-war, or what? I don't even know. Exvangelical pastor Ex-vangelical. at Gmail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here's okay. your new one. All you right. got it. Perfect. I think that's a good idea. 
Just oh. another label, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know what? To be honest with you, evangelical, fundamentalist, these things, I've I've railed against those terms myself because I don't like labels. I don't see the point in these labels. I think that we it does help us to trust each other a little bit more, but it's for us. It's not for God. Right. Like Yes, that's true. God does not care if you identify as right. evangelical or whatever label you want to use. Right. We use them. Labels have value because they give you a ballpark idea of what somebody believes and where they're coming from. Yep. But it's not enough. No. Like because even within labels are a whole bunch of sub labels or under the big umbrella is a bunch of smaller umbrellas is mm-hmm. another way to think of it. Mm-hmm. Um, evangelical is still a fairly broad term. I think a lot of evangelicals would struggle to define rigidly what an evangelical really is. So to use that term or to, in this case, use it as an anti, like I am X evangelical, mm-hmm. that gives me a ballpark idea of where you're coming from, but uh, not enough to really truly know where you're coming from. Like, I just, again, people are interesting. Like, we de- deconstruction, for example, there could be a thousand reasons that have led somebody to, quote unquote, deconstruct mm-hmm. their faith. I want to know why. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't why care. Why do we care what, how you define it? Yes. Right. I, I don't care that you say I'm ex-evangelical and these are my 10 mm-hmm. pro and anti list. It's like, tell me your story. Tell me what's going on. What are some of the pillars that you experienced that made you question Somebody things? hurt you bad. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's story to this. Mm-hmm. There's experience. Maybe this is the pastor in me coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, pastoring people is about getting to know them, finding out right. what makes them tick, why they are the way they are, or they believe what they believe. Because mm-hmm. there's always a story behind it. And sometimes you can really get somewhere with those when you get to know people. Mm-hmm. And that's how, well, this may be a valid criticism against evangelicals. We we sometimes treat people as if the label's all we need to know about them, mm-hmm. right? Oh, you're ex-evangelical? Oh, man, yeah. you're not on my team. You've betrayed us. Right, right. It's like, well, maybe, they, like you say, maybe they're hurting. Right. Maybe this is somebody who needs love. Maybe, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, there could be very interesting reasons to find out why this has happened to this person. Um, evangelicals do do that to other people because sometimes... The one criticism for sure he's right about is we feel like, oh, all I need to know is, do you believe these core things? Mm-hmm. And then we're good to go, right. which is not a, that's not how you deal with people. People have unique experiences. They're unique individuals. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I mean, that carries over into our evangelism, right? It's like, you're an unbeliever. Okay. Now I'm going to give you the gospel right. when it's like, get to know them. Right. How about you just get to know them? Talk to them. Ask them questions. Find, find out, out mm-hmm. what's going on in their world. Mm-hmm. And enter into that world and be with them. And yeah. through that process, I think you can make headway. Because you care. Like, care about people more than about the correct definitions and labels. Well, if you if you go through a, that laundry list and you look at all those definitions, those labels, and everybody knows what they're talking about, you know, for, you know, pro-BLM. We know what you're talking about. We know what you're for. 
we know automatically what you're against and you can end the the list with etc because people know what team you're on mm-hmm. and what's interesting about that is is that Jesus said that he has come to set us free and that's interesting because many of the people that are deconstructing are saying I am leaving Christianity because it is too oppressive the reality is is that Christianity in light of uh critical theory, in light of uh, social justice, uh, in light of the things that are happening with racism, in light of even LGBTQ initiatives, in, in, in light of gender fluidness, all these things that are happening, Jesus is starting to look like, and church and the Bible is starting to look like a way that we're actually more free, mm. far more free. We have, there's much more nuance in the Bible. There is much less tolerance in the in these worldly views and values that are being put out there today than we have in Christ. We have to follow Christ. That's what we have to do. We don't have to be for or against whatever. We have to follow him. That's that takes our burden away. Uh you know, am I for this? Am I against it? Am I, you know, if there's anything, the Bible just shows me the things that I want to help people avoid, the pitfalls that are going to destroy their lives. And that that is valuable for that. But to say that, you know, I'm against LGBTQ, I'm not. I'm not against LGBTQ. And somebody might hear that and they go, oh, my goodness. God loves them. Sure. He, he loves every one of us. He desires what's best for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it may not be, I, I may not agree that that's the path to happiness that you think it is, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that I'm against you. Right. I am, I'm for all people because they are God's creation. Right. So anyway, we've been at this for an hour. We should, um, we should probably wrap this up. I think what we should do is, is we should play it out. Oh no! <laughs> don't don't you think? I mean, wouldn't that be valuable? Our people, our listeners, might want to um, hear the rest. Hear the rest of this uh, creation of Kevin Max. You know, and, everybody's turning off right now. Oh, they are. They they've already <laughs> shut up. Yeah. Anyway, until next time, um, I hope that you know God is uh, working in your life, and um, I I I hope that He's working in your life. I hope. Yeah. You know, you don't have to call it deconstructionism. There might be things that you're learning and growing in in your faith and in your walk with him. And um, I I just, I pray that he protects you, protects you. Because the thing is, if you leave this team, you have to ask yourself, who's running the other team? Mm. Jesus Christ is our King and our Lord. And we seek to please him and to follow him. And I'm sure Kevin Max would say the same thing. Um, but I, I don't have to announce it or how I'm doing it or those kinds of things in order for it to be happening. Mm. God is in control of my life, and I want to follow him to the best of my ability. So here we go, Kevin Max. To all the me I've loved before. <laughs> Bye for now. Bring on your misery, bring on your doubt. I've taken that all on and pushed it right out. 
Lemon squeeze, lost in the breeze. 2009 was the year I believe. I disappeared right in front of you. And then came back again over and over and over and over and over and over.